What's up, everybody? Perry Aston here, co-founder of the Unwrap Sports Network, asking you to check us out on Sportscaster. The host of this podcast, as well as many other Unwrapped Sports Network members from across the entire country, are streaming live on Sportscaster. You can live chat with your host, even send them virtual gifts and tips to keep them churning out the best content that you love. So head on over to sportscaster.com slash unwrapped. That's sportscaster, S-P-O-R-T-S-C-A-S-T-R. Or download the Sportscaster iPhone app and tune into the entire Unwrapped Sports Network live on Sportscaster. Welcome everyone to another episode of the NBA podcast. Um, it's been a very wild week. The Super Bowl, is over. the trades have been pouring in, and the NBA's back. The NBA is super back, and we got a lot of action going down here in the past uh, few days. The Raptors are on a 13-game win streak. That's awesome. Um, and last night, we had a very controversial call. In the Trailblazers and Jazz game, uh, if you didn't see it, Lillard went for a layup with about nine seconds left, um, and Rudy Gobert hit it as it was looked like it was coming on its way down. People are saying it's a goaltend. Uh, Mark, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, so my thoughts on it was it was 100% of a goaltend. I mean, as you know, um, once the basketball touches the backboard, and somebody hits it, it's an automatic goaltend. It doesn't even have to look like it's going in the hoop. As soon as it touches the glass, you're not allowed to touch it. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Um, to me, it's it's just an embarrassing, you know, embarrassing for the NBA that the officials, you have three officials on the court and not one of them um, could, could get that right. Um, and it cost them a chance to you know, tie that game and potentially, you know, take the lead later on in the game. So it's it's a huge call, especially against the Trailblazers who are fighting for a playoff spot along with a couple other teams in the West. Yeah, I think Lillard put it best in the post game, where, like you just said, um, you know, it's absolutely a um, an important call because they're fighting for an eight seed right now, and that just literally costs them the game because if they make that shot, it ties up the game. Obviously, we don't know what happens after that, but there's a chance that they can win the game at that point. So, very, um, very missed opportunity right there by the refs. Um, I don't yeah, even know it's how. Thing too with the like, it's another thing with the league too. Is like you got to get the rules straight as far as because a lot of people's big deal is like instant replay too, right? Like, you know, and it was everybody's like, well, why can't they replay a goaltend? And the reason they couldn't replay it is because it wasn't called a goaltending on the floor. So that's why it was not reviewable, which is an absolute ridiculous rule. Um, it should be able to, you should be able to review if you think it was a goaltend, even if it wasn't, you know, ruled it on the court. Um, and I, I didn't see the end of the game live, so I don't know how it worked out as far as challenges if Portland used their challenge at the beginning of the game if they didn't have one at the end of the game. So I'm not sure about that. Um, but it needs to be something where the rules need to be looked at too as far as instant replay goes for um, for all calls, really, just, just to make sure they get them right. Yeah, obviously the instant replay, the challenge that they have this year in the NBA is new. So I think they're evolving in that aspect of the game. So this is just something else that – History will teach them they have to add to these rules, add more type of replay c- scenarios. Because like you said, I think you should absolutely be able to uh, challenge that. You know, that's basically what they put that challenge implementation in for. And, you know, it really costs the Blazers. I hope it doesn't screw them at the end of the season. That will remain to be seen. But, um, yeah, very unfortunate to see that happen last night. Especially because I feel like if it went into overtime, it would have been a I love overtime games. It would have been a lot more fun. But um, moving on from that, let's get into all the trade talk, all the trades that happened this past week. Let's start with the big ones. Um, we'll, we'll start with what I think is the biggest one, and that's the, the Warriors trading D'Angelo Russell to the Timberwolves uh, for Andrew Wiggins and a couple picks. Uh, Mark, I'll let you go first. What do you think about this? Yeah, I think the trade works out for both teams, honestly. Uh, Minnesota gets a guy that they were obviously coveting all offseason. Um, they tried to get him to go there. Um, 
uh, last summer uh, during free agency and everything like that, and they weren't able to get him. But um, it only took half of, half the season, but they ended up getting the guy that they they originally wanted. I think he fits better on that team um, than Wiggins does. Um, they needed a, a scoring kind of point guard that can. Um, take a little bit of the load off of Towns. Um, obviously, Towns is having a, a heck of a season. Um, and they just needed to try something new because Wiggins and Towns, just for whatever reason, as talented as they both are, they haven't meshed well um, together over the years. And, and that team being on, you know, 14, 15 game losing streak and even a stat where Towns hasn't won a game since November um, is just crazy. Um, so I, I like what they did there. I think he's going to fit well with them. Um, I, I do think it's a little too late this year for them to make a push at any sort of like playoff spot or anything like that, just because of how many games back they are and how many games are left. Uh, but I think with a couple of other moves in this offseason, they, they could potentially next year fight for that playoff spot. Um, and as far as Golden State goes, um, I, I like what they did there too, is kind of um, getting that, that three man. Um, you already have Clay and, and Steph coming back once they're healthy um, at the guard spot. So they needed kind of that long wing player like Wiggins um, and, and I think Wiggins is going to thrive in that spot because he's not asked to be the guy. He's not. He doesn't. He doesn't need to be a superstar. Uh, the best way I can put it is, is he just needs to be Harrison Barnes. You know, if you guys remember the the Warriors teams before KD got there that won a championship, he just needs to be that type of player for them to be successful. And I think with him being the third option and, and having that weight lifted off his shoulders, he'll be able to put up bigger numbers for them. Yeah, I said the exact same thing to my friends when it happened. I was like, basically, Andrew Wiggins is just going to be Harrison Barnes, which is good. That's what he needs to be. You know, Andrew Wiggins was in a situation in Minnesota where they needed him to be the guy, or at least the second guy. They needed him to be a star next to Carl Anthony Towns, and that's just not who he is. But now they're sending him to a situation where he's going to get to learn around three other All-Stars who are champions. He's going to get to learn from those guys and basically be a fourth option. And his role is going to be a lot more limited. And I think it's going to be really good for him, honestly, because Andrew Williams does have a lot of talent. And unfortunately that hasn't, you know, transferred to his game over in Minnesota, but being put in a situation like golden state, at least when they're at a hundred percent, you know, full healthy, um, it's going to be really good for his career, for his longevity, and, you know, it's, for stats, it's going to make him look like a lot more of a valuable player. Um, as far as Minnesota goes, this was a lot more than just getting a franchise point guard for their for, for their franchise, which they did. They, they got their guy that, like you said, they've wanted since last year. Um, but more importantly, this was about keeping Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota because obviously you can tell from the things he's been posting online recently that – He's, he, he was not very happy with his situation, with how things were going in Minnesota. So to, it, you know, there was a big chance that going into you know, the offseason, he was going to request a trade. So to get one of his best friends, to get a franchise point guard for that team, um, I think this, this only helps their chances of keeping him. Yeah, obvi- I don't think he's going to request a trade anymore because – you know that would be very hard to move both of them, and like I said, they're best friends. So I could, I think they're going to be around in Minnesota, uh, hopefully for the remainder of their careers. You know, at least until they get older. But I think they could really build something special there in Minnesota. We'll see what other moves they make in the off season there uh, to help uh, bolster this roster. Because right now, I think they only really kept Culver and Okubi, um, and I mean they added some guys like Spellman. And John, uh, Joe, uh, not Joe Johnson, James Johnson. But, um, you know, I don't really know who they're going to keep, who they're going to buy out. Uh, and they lost a lot of their depth. They lost Gorgie Dang. They lost Napier. So we'll see how, how long it takes for that team to really build a new chemistry. Cause it's, it's basically a whole new team. It reminds me of the, the swap that the Cavs did halfway through the season. And I think it was 2018, uh, with LeBron where they basically shipped out, um, Isaiah Thomas and all those guys, Jordan Clarkson. So it's going to be, you know, or they got Jordan Clarkson in that trade, but it's going to be a whole new Minnesota team. And I think for the better, I think they're going to be a fringe eight seed team. Um, like you said, I think there's a, there's not enough games left in a season for them to really push hard for the eight seed at this point. But, you know, next year, I think they're going to be a playoff contender and, like I said, I think it's going to be a special, special duo there 
uh, D'Angelo Russell. I love D'Angelo Russell, so I'm really happy for him because, you know, ever since he's gotten into the league, he's really been hot potatoed around the league. Um, he's just kind of been put in unfortunate circumstances. It wasn't anything he did wrong. I mean, he's an all-star. He played great. He carried the Brooklyn Nets to the playoffs last year, but then they go in the offseason and they get Kyrie and Durant, so they don't really need him anymore, and that's not his fault. You know, uh, the Lakers thing, you know, that was the whole him being young and being with Nick Young in the locker room, you know, did an immature thing and whatever that happens when you're young. And then even now in Golden State, as soon as he got there, people already kind of knew like, well, you know, Kevin Durant kind of just got that for them, you know, so that they had, so he wasn't leaving them with nothing. You know, he kind of owed them for the rings that he got in his career. So they did that sign and trade to, to give the Warriors basically trade pieces and people already knew that at some point D'Angelo Russell was probably going to leave the Warriors. The fit didn't really make sense from the get-go. Uh, Steve Curry even said that himself this week. Because, you know, it, once Clay Thompson comes back, really, really, where does D'Angelo Russell fit in with Curry and Clay Thompson? So it, I, it made sense that they were going to move D'Angelo Russell. Again, nothing he did wrong. He's been great on the Warriors. He's averaging like 23 points per game. Um, he's actually has... Uh, higher career averages this year than he did last year, but um, I don't know. I think I think Minnesota will be the place that he finally stays uh, for a long, long time. Yeah, I think he stays in. I think he stays in Minnesota. I do think, however, for for Towns, I think if, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to are they winning. So um, if the rest of this year, obviously, I don't think you, he takes it into consideration because it's the re- this year is basically a wash, but. If it goes next year and maybe even the year after that, if they're still losing, if they're still not making the playoffs, it's going to be a point where he's just like, all right, I got to get out of here. I got to win games. My career, I've been in the league for so long. I'm not winning. I want to taste the playoffs. I want to get a championship. I think Towns, he just strikes me as more of like, not like a Damian and Lillard player who's kind of loyal to his franchise. If he was already getting mad once and kind of the rumblings were saying that he was going to request a trade, even though he's playing with a really good friend, if they're not winning, I think those rumblings could come back up and, and he could eventually want out. So I think it's going to come down to how well they make it work there. And if they can make it fit in jail um, and win some games, then they'll be there for a long time together. I'll be very surprised if, if you know, say they do still lose a lot of games, which I'd be surprised if that happened. But if, if they do, I'd be really surprised if Carl Anthony Towns, who is on a pretty big contract right now, just like abandons D'Angelo Russell there in Minnesota after trying so hard to get him to go there. I think if if that does happen at that point, then they they themselves would try to recruit another guy that I know they're all friends with, like Devin Booker, um, in a few years or form um, another big three, something like that. Yeah, try to form their own little big three there. I don't think I don't think currently Towns would just abandon him there. Um, I don't know. That's just judging off of you know. The way that they were they received D'Angelo Russell when he got there to Minnesota, everyone saw the videos of him coming off the plane, um, mm-hmm. and you know the fact that currently Towns has been alluding to this basically for over a year now. You know, I don't think he would just leave him high and dry because uh, D'Angelo Russell's on a four-year contract. So I mean, you know, he he's stuck there for four years. And, yeah, he's and, there for a while. Yeah, so I don't I don't know I don't think Cat would just leave him there even if things aren't going too well. I think they would just try to find somebody else. Yeah, that, that could work. That could work too. I mean, they already got two superstars. Um, so I, I think it's going to come down to, if obviously, if they're not winning. Um, and even still, they're, they're, they, they, they should look to add another piece. I mean, to say that they're competing for, I mean, yeah. competing for a championship the way they're currently constructed is, it's not, you know, they're not that, at that point yet. So even now, um, obviously, baby steps, you want to fight for a playoff spot, make the playoffs. But eventually, everybody's goal is to, make the finals and win a championship. So um, I don't think Minnesota is completely done with having, you know, with getting D'Angelo Russell. Um, if they're smart, um, they'll, they'll go out and try to get another superstar. Um, it's been proven, obviously, in this league that you need three guys um, to win a championship now now these days. Um, so that's, that's one thing that I think if they don't go after that third guy, that could maybe possibly frustrate Towns because even though he's got his best friend with him, he, in the back of his mind, has to know that it's still not enough to compete for a championship. Yeah, I mean that that that's true. There is the the thought in the back of my mind that all the moves that 
that the front office, not that there's any reason to really trust the Minnesota front office at this point, but there is a thought in the back of my head that there, this is a long-term plan. Uh, all the moves they just made, all the, the cap space that they just cleared, I think they got a lot of empty roster spots right now. Is all some sort of long-term plan that they're going to try and maybe get another guy uh, in this upcoming offseason? I don't really know who who they would go after at this point. Um, maybe it's more of a move for 2021, you know, when the Giannis sweepstakes, and I think, like, Victor Oladipo is in that, that free agency and stuff. Um, so I don't really know what their, what their plan is, uh, but it seems like they do have some sort of plan. This, this is, I don't think this is the final step. I think that they're making moves for the off season next year so that they basically they can come back next year with a, a, a better roster than, you know, the one they had this year. Yeah. I think, I think the whole next season is going to be basically try to stay competitive, try to make the playoffs, but also try to clear some cap space for that 2021 uh, free agency class. You already see Miami kind of doing it and, and getting ready for. Um, I think that they're uh, right now, currently as they are, are able to sign uh, a max free agent. So I think they're, you know, that's what teams are going to look forward to because everybody's, you know, like you said, the Giannis sweepstakes. That's the next one. Uh, me personally, I don't think he's going anywhere, but you know, everybody's going to obviously try to to get them to their franchise. Toronto, he's going to Toronto. <laughs> you don't need him. You're winning every game anyways. You don't need Giannis. Yeah, well, he's Masai's boy. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, so another big trade that happened on uh, the trade deadline on Thursday was Marcus Morris to the Clippers. Um, the Knicks traded him for a first-round pick, uh, Detroit's second-round pick, and Mo Harkless. And then, obviously, there was all the rumors, um, all the reports, I guess, basically, that they – the, the Knicks were early, had early discussions with the Lakers. They were going to trade Marcus Morris to them, but they wanted Danny Green and Kuzma, and the Lakers said no. Then it comes out today that the Lakers said, yes, we will give you Danny Green and Kuzma, but then the Knicks said, okay, we want to Marcus Cousins too. And then some people were saying the Lakers asked for Mitchell Robinson, and the Knicks said no. So a bunch of conflicting reports on that end, but when you read those reports and see what they settled on, uh, kind of deflating, um, kind of underwhelming, and I don't know. I think I think the Knicks did make an okay move for themselves because there's no reason to keep to keep Marcus Morris there. He's on an expiring deal. He's probably going to leave in the off season. You might as well trade him now for some type of assets before he just walks. And you know they did get a first round pick out of it. They got a second round pick out of it. They now have seven. Uh, first round picks over the next like five years or something like that. Um, or maybe it's five picks over the next seven years, something weird like that. Um, they're pretty stacked. They have a lot of assets available. They obviously still have all the young guys. They have Kevin Knox, they have Mitchell Robinson, um, RJ Barrett, but I don't think they're going to trade him. Um, so, and for the Clippers, the Clippers side of the deal, this obviously just kind of makes them the front runner to to go to the finals out there in the West. Like, I don't really see any team that can beat them now. Their depth is ridiculous. Their depth was already ridiculous. It's even more ridiculous. Um, Marcus Morris is averaging like 23 points per game right now. You add him to a team with Kawhi, Paul George, Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, Mo Harkless. Um, they're pretty stacked. And then they're being in Atlanta Schmidt, and then they're being coached by Doc Rivers. So, I don't know. What did, what did you think of all this? You think the Knicks you know, fuck this up or, uh, no, I, I think, I think the, Knicks, uh, the Knicks did exactly what they, what they needed to do with, with Marcus Morris. Cause like you said, he's, um, on an expiring contract, he's not going to be part of their, um, long-term plans. Um, and his value was never going to be any higher than what it was right now with the season that he's having, like you said, averaging 23 points a game. Um, so I think the timing was perfect. You want to get rid of him now before you lose him for nothing. Um, you don't get anything returned and add to the assets that you already have. Um, so I think the Knicks are the best that they could. Um, they weren't going to get anybody as far as players of value like back to them. I mean, they weren't going to get like a, a contributor right away to that franchise, uh, which is why the, getting the two picks was huge just for future uh, trades, potentially, things like that. Um, as far as uh, the Lakers and them kind of going back and forth, um, I agree with the Knicks and wanting more than just Kyle Kuzma. Um, but I also agree with the Lakers and not giving and not giving up more than Kyle Kuzma. 
Um, if the Lakers did offer both Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma, um, if I'm the Knicks, if he can throw some picks in there, I might have went that route because those are some some good pieces as well. Um, but the Clippers did two things here. They made their you know opponent there to the west, to same city as them, another competitor in the Western Conference, uh, weaker by not letting them get Marcus Morris. And then they made themselves, like you said, the front runner in the Western Conference because um, you're adding another 23-point score to a team that's already deep. Um, who's gonna, uh, the starters, you know, obviously they are what they are, but they're bench with Harrell and, and Lou Williams, and now you got Morris in there. No matter who's in the game, they're going to be able to score points. There's never going to be a lapse. Uh, and same thing defensively. Marcus Morris is a good defender as well. The only thing that makes me a, a little bit nervous, and this is just from watching – uh, watching him play a lot with the Celtics last season and watching all the Celtics games is he's, he's a bit of a ball stopper. And by that, what I mean is on offense, if he gets the ball, it kind of just stays in one spot. Like he's not, he doesn't move the ball that well. He's never seen a shot he doesn't like. Um, we used to joke over here in the East Coast, whenever he got the ball, he's like, he's shooting it. Every time we watch a game and he touches it, like he's shooting it. So he's a little bit of a gun. Um, but I think being on a, a contender like L.A., um, that he's going to do, obviously, whatever it takes to win. Um, so I, I think they're the front runner, but that would be the only thing that would worry me about that is if he just starts going kind of crazy with the shot selection. Yeah, I for the Knicks, I think it's, you know, it's an odd situation because the only reason they, they really wanted Danny Green was that they knew all these title contenders would love to have Danny Green right now. So they were they were basically going to pick him up and probably flip him immediately. So essentially, whatever trade you were doing with the Lakers was essentially just for Kuzma because that's the only the only piece they were like more than likely going to keep if they had gotten him. There's no reason for them to keep Danny Green and old Danny Green, um, and the Lakers had no picks to throw in. You know, at least not any. You know, within the next few years because they sent them all away in that uh, AD trade. trade. Yeah, so. <laughs> So, I mean, I think the Knicks honestly made the better deal out of the two. Um, I don't think, you know, Kyle Kuzma's all that to begin with. So, I mean, besides boosting ticket sales maybe in the Garden, I don't really see what that would have done for their team. I guess it would have given them another young asset to add to Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, R.J. Barrett, like we said, Frank. But, you know, I don't. Th- I, I think they made the better deal basically just stacking draft picks for the next couple of years. Um, Mo Harkless, they should be able to get something out of him um, if they don't buy him out, actually. I don't really know what their plan is with him. We'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, I think they did all right. I think the Clippers absolutely made the right move. There's no way you could say that they made a bad move. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good trade, honestly, from both sides, I think. It sucks for the Lakers if you're a Lakers fan. I mean, I hate the Lakers, so I was laughing. I was like, <laughs> Me too. thank God. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so from there, though, the Lakers do have options. Um, they already have been talking to Darren Collison, who's supposed to be coming out of retirement. He was at the game the other day. Uh, he, he's supposed to have a couple meetings this week with a few other teams. I can't remember who it was. I think it was, like, um, Milwaukee or... I don't know, a couple other teams he's supposed to go meet with this week. And they also, uh, there was a report that um, Marvin Williams is going to get bought out. So they might go in, in that direction. And they are working out J.R. Smith. So wow, thoughts on all that? Yeah, I think uh, J.R. Smith, he obviously has that connection with LeBron. Um, so I think that uh, adds another shooter uh, to the mix there uh, in L.A. and we all know LeBron watching his craze. He's always thrived when he's been surrounded by shooters. Um, in Miami, he had Mike Miller, Ray Allen, and, and Cleveland. You obviously had Kyrie, J.R. Smith. Kevin Love was a knockdown three-point shooter. Um, and then Marvin Williams, it actually came out. He did get bought out, but he's actually signing with Milwaukee. So he's going to the Bucks. So the, the rich get richer. Um, uh, that happened today. Milwaukee. Uh, yeah, that happened today. Okay. Um, the reason I, I know that because actually they told Kemba Walker about it last night after the game. Um, that that he was planning on signing with them today, and that uh, he was actually pissed because I guess Kemba was trying to recruit him for like the last month. Again, they used to play together in, in uh, Charlotte, so it's a little upset <laughs> about that. <laughs> but um, and that would have been a huge, uh, you know, huge pickup for Boston. But as far yeah. as uh, Darren Collinson, I think he could be a big help to um, 
uh, to L.A. Um, it gives another ball handler. Um, that way um, LeBron doesn't always have to be um, have that weight on his shoulders of bringing the ball up and uh, kind of facilitate it. He can actually look for his offense a little bit more, and Collison can kind of get him and Anthony Davis involved. So um, if, if you have a, a, a solid point guard like that who can also shoot very well, um, I think that helps. The only thing with him would be Russ because he hasn't played in a while. So um, we'll see how he comes back and his conditioning and things like that. It's really the only thing you're worried about with players that haven't been sitting out. But um, I, I think if the Lakers can get Jr. and Darren Collison, that obviously helps. I still think the Clippers are in front of them, though. Yeah, I think at this point, if you know they didn't get Marvin Williams, they kind of and they didn't get Iggy, they have to get they have to get both of them, Darren Collison and Jr. I don't really know why Jr. hasn't gotten a job opportunity at this point because the only, only thing that happened in Cleveland was that LeBron left, you know, everyone there, and he basically didn't want to play for them anymore because they sucked. And I I don't I guess. People just figured that he himself sucked and they haven't given him any opportunities. But I think there's still some left in the tank there for JR. Maybe because the last moment of him etched in everyone's mind is that finals uh, <laughs> where he held the ball. I don't know. But I think I think he, like you said, provides scoring. He's not a bad defender. Um, I think he could really help the Lakers. But still, like you said, I don't, I don't think that they're going to be competing with uh, the Clippers. But um, we'll see. You know, it's going to be exciting there in the West. Um, let's get into some big other trades because I know you got to go do something here soon. Um, so Andre Drummond to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I don't know. This shit makes no sense. I don't even know what to say about it. I said, I said they traded him for a bag of Doritos and Mountain Dew. Yeah. That's like basically they what they did. Uh, it doesn't make any sense at all. I don't know why Detroit would uh, would get rid of Drummond for, for the package that they got back. I think it was um, – Brandon Knight, who's a former shell of himself, and John Henson, who just hasn't been contributing to any team he's been on since he's been in the league. Um, I feel like for Andre Drummond, you could have got a lot more. He's one of the best big men that we have in this league. He's um, probably top two in rebounding as far as offensive, defensive rebound. He'll get any rebound. He's 15 to 20 rebounds every night. Um, so, and, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of teams that, um, could have used him, especially contenders that would be willing to give up a, a lot for him. So um, even a team like – I'll just take Boston, for instance, because they're here uh, in this area. Uh, they have a lot of draft picks. They have three first-round draft picks this year. Plus they have guys with pot potentially like a Marcus Smart or a Gordon Hayward that they could offer. So uh, I obviously don't know what talks, uh, talks they had with other teams, so I don't know what was on the table for them. Um, but I just feel like there could have been a better package out there for Andre Drummond. Yeah, I mean, I said right as it happened, you know, how do you not get a first-round pick for Andre Drummond? And, you know, my friend was like, well, you know, he's got um, – he's he's on an expiring deal. And I was like, well, he has a player option first off that he could always opt into. I was like, second, you know, that – I mean, that really shouldn't matter. This dude literally leads the league in rebounds. He averages almost 20 rebounds a game, which is ridiculous. Um, and – Robert Covington, who just got traded, uh, the next trade we'll get into, got a they got a first round pick out of him. So how does Robert Covington get a first round pick, but Andre Drummond gets you know John Henson and whoever the other guy is? I mean, I it makes no sense. I don't even know why the Cavs took him. I don't know, like because they didn't trade Tristan Thompson, they didn't trade Kevin Love. So I don't know what the hell, why Suppo this happened. supposedly Tristan Thompson is supposed to get bought out. I guess that's what they've been working on. His agent said that they're trying to get a buyout done with Cleveland. So okay. we'll, we'll see what so happens the, here. But that, that makes more sense if he's not there to have um, Andre, Andre Drummond there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it gives the the Cavs a little bit of draft capital or, um, you know, trade assets coming into the offseason. But um, I don't know. Really weird. Really weird trade. Um, I don't like it for either of them, but whatever. Um, that's so, not affecting anything in the league because they're both going nowhere. Those teams, so yeah, that exactly. It had, they both had no so. effect on the league at all, which is you know it's crazy that they even done. But yeah, I mean, and Detroit could have made a lot more moves. They could have traded Kennard, Blake Griffin. I mean, they, I don't know what the hell they were they were thinking this deadline, but whatever. Um, you know, bad teams stay bad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. How about the? What did you think about the uh, the Memphis and uh, Miami trade? That one I thought was um, amazing. You know, I think it worked out for both sides. Uh, Miami obviously got better. 
They got Jay Crowder out of it too, which really kind of sucks for you and me in the Eastern Conference. Um, that's going to be a tough, tough team to play in the playoffs. Um, probably going to be the best defensive team in the league, uh, right next to the Clippers probably. But, um, I mean, it, it definitely helps. We'll see what form of Iggy they get because, you know, Iggy there in the finals, the last time that we saw him play, really wasn't the Iggy that we all remembered. Um, his offense had, you know, really, really gone down, severely lacking. Uh, his defense was still pretty was solid. But, um, you know, I think it definitely helps Miami. Uh, getting Jay Crowder definitely helps Miami. I think for Memphis, obviously, he wasn't even playing for them. So anything they got for him was good. Um, they got a they got a first-round pick out of it, right? Yeah, and Justice Winslow and Deion yeah. Waiters. But I think they bought out Deion Waiters. Yeah, they're going to buy out Deion Waiters. But adding Justice Winslow to an already young team. I like Justice Winslow. He just had a lot of injuries in his uh, career thus far. But I think it'll be really cool to see him. He Justice Winslow is kind of like a hybrid player. He could play basically from like point guard to power forward. Like he could literally play any of those positions. I'm guessing with John Morant there, uh, he would either be the backup at point guard or they would have him at small forward or or something. I don't know because you know they got they got a um, what's his name Jaron Jackson, and they got Brandon Dylan, Clark, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark. So I don't really know what where he would fit on there. He'd probably come off the bench at first, and then maybe he'd be on the court to close games. But um, I still think it's good for them, for that young core. They obviously have this type of culture that they've got going on there where they like being young. They like being the underdogs. Um, so, I mean, I think it's win-win, both sides. Yeah, so so do I. I'm on, I'm on the same page. I think Memphis, to get what they got, like you said, Iguodala wasn't even playing, so anything you get for him is a plus, but you were able to get a nice young piece in Justin Winslow, um, who other than his injuries has had a, a pretty decent career so far. Um, he was very he was contributing to that Miami team, um, and then like you said, the draft pick which helps going going future with their future assets, um, and that's what you needed to add if you're you're if you're Memphis, you just needed to add another young guy who's who's hungry, who's out there to prove themselves. Um, you can see Dylan Brooks and John Morant how they kind of were going at you know Iguodala on Twitter and all this other stuff were going back and forth. They really think that. Um, they were taking it to heart that he thought they weren't good enough, and and they're obviously playing with the chip on their shoulder. Um, and that culture there is is great now to see in Memphis. Um, as far as Miami, um, I said this when the trade happened. I, I said it just puts Miami into like. So I think they're better than Philly. I think they're better than Indiana. Um, they're obviously not up to Milwaukee yet in the East, um, and I think they're right on that same page with with Boston and Toronto. And I still think Boston and Toronto are just a little bit better. Um, than Miami. Um, Iguodala obviously brings a, a veteran presence there. He's, he's a good player, but a lot of people, we got to remember, like he played around four Hall of Famers in, in Golden State. Um, so it's, I mean, it makes his job a lot easier when he's got those guys on, on the court with him. Um, so we'll see how he does playing kind of that mentor, that leadership role to all these young guys. Obviously, you have Jimmy Butler, but you know that. So Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and Bam out of bio, all these young guys. So we'll see how he does there as far as being a mentor to those guys and what he can contribute. Um, but I know just from watching games, like I know Boston played them twice this year. They, they handled them pretty well. Um, and just seeing how they've been playing night in and night out. I don't think Iguodala kind of puts them over the top of, of the Celtics. And then same thing with, with Toronto. You see how good Toronto's playing. Um, I, I don't know how Toronto's done against Miami. You would probably be able to answer that better than me this year. But I don't think Iguodala is the, the type of guy who just gives them that huge leap. He obviously helps, but I don't think it's a huge leap. So that's kind of my opinion on where they stand uh, in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I'm actually right there with you because I said right as it happened, you know, a lot of people were saying on Twitter that, oh, this makes Miami Heat title contenders. I mean, which it does. I mean, it, they have a good chance there. But, you know, they're still not a lock. I don't think they're better than Milwaukee. I don't think they're better than Toronto. I think, if anything, it you know, it added to their depth. But Toronto, to me, like Toronto and Milwaukee and the Clippers have the best depth in the league. I mean, I can't think of three other teams with better depth. And maybe it puts Miami just right there with them. But they still have a lot of young guys on there. I mean, Toronto has young guys too, but they're still a little bit more seasoned, you know, because we just won a championship, than guys like Tyler Hero, um, Duncan Robinson, Derek Jones Jr. So I, I think Miami still, 
you know, they got they got two veterans, so that's good for those young guys, like you said. But I don't think it sends them over the top, makes them a lock to come out of the East or anything like that. Um, I I put them right there with Boston, and Boston to me, you know, is a team that should have made a trade at this deadline. I don't know why they didn't go and get a center. Um, I know they were in the Capella talks. I know that they reportedly tried to trade for um, Kennard from for right. Was it Kennard yeah, from Detroit? No, they tried. They were they were linked to um, uh, uh, Bertrands from Washington. Oh, Bertons, uh, yeah, Ber- Bertons, and then obviously the Capella. But Bertons, Washington wanted two first round picks for him. Um, yeah. but he's not really worth two first round picks. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's tough because you got three. The Celtics, like I said, they have three first round picks, but. You're yeah, not I gonna put two... I would have probably would have thrown it at him, but yeah, but you can't just like my thing was, and I actually had this argument today with one of my good buddies who's a, who's a Celtics fan. Like you, you, you're throwing two first round picks for a guy that's gonna be a uh, he's a one year rental. You know what I mean? He's gonna be a free agent, and that still doesn't put you. It still doesn't put you over the in the Milwaukee category. It doesn't put you in the Clipper category. Um, so you're making a one year rental just to maybe potentially make it out of the Eastern Conference when their ultimate goal is to win a championship. And with those draft picks, you might be able to get a better piece down the road, maybe next year or something like that. You just obviously don't know. You can't tell them to the future. Uh, but yeah. I think it was just a lot for a, a, a one-year rental. Capella would have been big. That would have obviously helped us, an athletic you know, big man, rim runner. Yeah. Um, Drummond, too, like you said. Drummond, yeah. The only thing Drummond, so a lot of people around here were like, oh, well, Celtics could have just given up a first-round draft pick. Well, no, they couldn't because they have to match salaries. You can't just yeah. give a draft pick and then Drummond comes in with his contract and they'd be over the salary cap. So they would have to give up either um, a Marcus Smart or uh, Gordon Hayward, which, I mean, those guys are playing very well. They're a huge part of why the Celtics are so good. I mean, look at how many games Toronto, what are they, 12, 13 games in a row they've won? And yeah. the Celtics are only a game and a half behind them. So that yeah. just goes to show you how good the Celtics have been playing. And they've been doing it without their healthy guys. They've had two or three out of their top six or seven guys out like the last five or six games and they're still finding ways to win. So once these guys get healthy, that's kind of, in my opinion, that's kind of their trade deadline just to get everybody healthy and everybody playing all at once. Because because right now, I mean, Jason Tatum needs an all-star this year, but the way he's been playing lately, he's been playing like an all-NBA type player. So if he can continue to do that along with these other guys, I mean, they they should be able to make a run to that, you know, Eastern Conference Finals and potentially the Finals. Yeah, I've been in the boat that the Celtics could have traded Gordon Hayward, honestly, personally. Just because I don't think he's necessary for the success of that team. I think, obviously, you know, he does add some extra scoring, especially when guys are sitting out, um, like Jalen Brown, which has happened a lot, Kimba Walker, who's been sitting recently. But I don't think he's necessary for them to win a championship. And I think them getting um, a true center, especially a guy like Drummond or Capella, you know, I think that would have actually helped them a lot more. I, I think Gordon Hayward could leave and they wouldn't really miss him, honestly, personally. No, I, no I agree I agree with that too because you have guys who play like like Tatum and Brown are virtually the same position and the same player but better than yeah. he is. So if you can to get rid of him and upgrade at a position of, of weakness, then then that obviously helps your team. But a lot of players, a lot of the, like like the team and, and like Danny Angel looks at it is like they look at the, the center position right now. They have Tyson, they have Cantor, and they're kind of, center by committee it's like those two guys and whoever's playing best at the time that's who usually finishes the game and stuff but they're combined they're getting a lot of they're they're number one right now in defensive efficiency so technically they're the number one ranked defense in the league right now i mean you know who's along that last four but and that's not their biggest problem a lot of people thought the center spot was going to be their biggest problem but they're tops in the league in rebounding they're number one in defense and a lot of that has to do with you know, how their big guys are playing and and it, because they do everything as a team too like their their wings are lengthy brown tatum hayward that so they all team rebound and they do everything as a team they they trap good in the post um so they, they make it work but i do agree that if you had like a capella or a drum and it kind of puts you at that next level um and that losing hayward wouldn't really depending on what you got for him if you did get one of those big guys it wouldn't really hurt the team that much yeah, I mean, especially in the playoffs, you know, it, I think it all works well now in the regular season. But when you have to go up against guys like Joel Embiid and, you know, Marcus Gasol's and especially Giannis, you know, I think Ennis Cantor really isn't going to do it for you. Um, I know that, uh, what's his name, Robin Robin Williams, is that his name? Uh, Robert Williams, yeah. He's Robin coming back. Williams. He's been hurt for a while. Yeah, I know that uh, Brad Stevens really has a lot of stock in him, thinks he can be big for the team. And from what I've seen from him, you know, the few times that he's played, uh, he does seem pretty good. 
So we'll see what happens there when he comes back. But um, I still think the Celtics are a good team. I think they've obviously surpassed expectations of where people had them at the beginning of the season. Jason Tatum has played a lot better defensively. Jalen Brown's actually earning that contract that everyone thought they were crazy to sign him to. Um, so I think the Celtics will be all right, but I just don't see them coming out the East. Yeah, it'll be super interesting because the Eastern Conference is so it's Eastern Conference now is like what the West used to be. Like everybody's yeah. so close between that. Obviously, you have Milwaukee and then like we always talk about that two through six, and it's going to be interesting, especially those second round matchups. Um, you know, a lot of those it's going to be a lot of six and seven game series, so it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, uh, you still have time to talk a little bit more? Or you... Yeah, we can go. Want to go one more thing? We can do a couple, a couple more minutes. Yeah, just the the Clint Capella trade is really the last big one we have to go over. Um, I'm so Clint Capella. This was a huge trade. I don't. I should have like wrote it all down and got it in front of me. But um, <laughs> so Clint, many people involved. Yeah, Clint Capella went to the Hawks, and Robert Covington went to the Rockets. That's really the most important part about the trade. Uh, the Rockets already played two games now with Robert Covington, so we got to kind of see what that looks like. Um, I didn't watch the Hawks game last night. I'm sure you did. They played Boston. Yeah, did. Um, did Capella play? No, nobody played. Capella didn't play. Um, Trey Young didn't play. Okay. So it's kind of, yeah, it's not really the a talks team that we're going to see, so it was hard to judge. Yeah. So, well, just based on off, on paper, how do you think that this trade helps Atlanta? How do you think it helps the Rockets? Do you think the Rockets gave up too much? Uh, what's really your thoughts about this whole thing? Um, I, I think the Rockets, I mean, g- giving up Capella, I think Capella fit. On the Rockets, I don't uh, a little bit better than Covington does. I don't think, I think the Rockets need that that big man. I don't think they really have anybody. Like they were saying the other night, like PJ Tucker was you know, one of their biggest guys on the court because he's one of those stronger um, forwards there. Um, but I think they they're, they're going to need eventually when it comes down to the playoffs a, a center. Um, and he worked well every time Harden got to the basket. He would throw him a lob, and, and you know how good he and Westbrook can get to the rim. And and Capella was really good in the pick and roll. Uh, but they were. From what the report said, they were very adamant on getting another wing that had uh, had a little bit of length that could shoot like Robert Covington. So I guess it, it, the Houston got exactly what they wanted. I mean, only time will tell. Um, he looked okay in that first game. They played the Lakers, and they and they beat the Lakers. Um, the second game, they ended up losing um, last night, but they didn't have Russell Westbrook. So, um, But Covington seems to be fitting. He, his type of skill set will fit in well with that team. Um, you know, the Rockets love to shoot threes. They love to stay on the perimeter, and that's that's what Covington does. Um, as far as Atlanta, I think getting Capella is huge for them. Um, they got rid of Alex Len, um as well. He went somewhere else in, in a trade. Um, so that's going to give Capella tons of minutes. He's, he's obviously starting along with John Collins. And then you have a lot of young guys. Obviously, Trey Young is still young, and he's a superstar, first-time All-Star. And uh, Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. So I think they're building a nice young core there. Um, and if they can get back to the way they were playing at the beginning of the season and then you add Capella, I said this after the trade happened. I said, don't be surprised. I think they were only eight games out of the eighth seed. I said, don't be surprised if they kind of make that push to like the 10th or 9th seed and, and maybe potentially up to that playoff spot before the year is over. Um, so I really like what they're doing, especially not only for this year, but going to, uh, forward in the future. Yeah, I think uh, Atlanta won his trade out of everyone involved. Um, Minnesota was the third team involved with this. That's where they lost a lot of their you know, guys that we were talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, so, so Atlanta, I think, like I said, I think Atlanta, you know, they got Capella, they got John Collins, they got Trey Young, um, they got DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish now. I think they are set up pretty well for the future. I think they're still going to add some guys in the offseason, get a little bit more depth. Um, Vince Carter's probably going to retire, so they'll replace that whole, uh, whole. Then Kevin Horter, too, who's actually really good. Um, I think they got a really nice young core. Them and the Grizzlies are going to be two really exciting teams to watch as far as young players go in the NBA uh, going forward. Well, them and the Pelicans, actually, too. But um, for the Rockets, so here's the thing with the Rockets. So there was conflicting reports after the Capella trade that they uh, wanted to still tr- you know, acquire another center. That was the plan, to get a guy to replace Capella. Maybe not someone as good as Capella, but a guy that can just lurk around the rim, catch those lobs, like you said, almost like a JaVel McGee type player uh, for for the Rockets is basically what they were looking for. Obviously, they didn't get that. Um, Older guy was Bruno uh, Cabal. I don't even know how to say his name. Cabaloco, Cabaculo. Um, I don't even know if he'll play, 
But so out of that, they went with this small ball lineup now, uh, which they've had success with. As you saw, they beat the Lakers the other night. Um, and Robert Covington looked good. He looked really good in that game. I think that that was a really good trade for them. I think, well, I think it would have been a really good trade for them if they had still gotten a center. Because now I really don't know what they're going to do in the playoffs when it comes to playing against Mo Harkless. And, and, you know, Anthony Davis didn't do much this game, but I, next time in the playoffs, it's not going to be the same way, especially in a seven-game series. Um, and then you talk about guarding Nikola Jokic, um, and uh, Porzingis, and just like I don't under I don't understand uh, what the Rockets are thinking. I don't I don't see this working out. Um, not that small ball lineups can't work out because you know people like to pretend this is the first time, but the Warriors did this a lot, especially in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. I think they they gave up too much. I don't think Robert Co- Robert Covington is worth a first round draft pick. Because um, he's basically just a role player there on Minnesota. So, I don't know. I don't like it for the Rockets. I really like it for the Hawks. And the Timberwolves were kind of just there. I, it, I think the Nuggets – oh, yeah, the Nuggets were involved too, right? Yeah. That's, yeah I think I, that's how Malik Beasley went to – Malik Beasley ended up in Minnesota somehow. Yeah. Uh, so, and the Nuggets, actually, they did get a little bit more depth. Uh, I didn't mind what they did there. They just added to their depth. They got rid of like Hernan Gomez, who like wasn't even playing. Um, and Minnesota actually has a pretty, pretty good um, amount of depth on their team already. They got Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr., um, Gary Harris. So I think you know it worked out for Denver. I think it was okay for Minnesota. Really worked out for Atlanta, and I do not like it for Houston. Um, but I mean, I could be proven wrong. We'll see what yeah, happens. But. It's it's tough too. A lot of people forget like. Houston, like, I don't know why they were panicking that, that much. I mean, it's not like their team was terrible. And you got to remember, two years ago, they were one game away from going to the finals. Yeah. That was against that Golden State team, um, who was arguably one of the best teams of all time. Um, and you were one game away from going to the finals. Granted, the team was a little bit different. You had Chris Paul instead of Russell Westbrook. But virtually a lot of the same guys. Um, Eric Gordon you had. You had Capella. You had P.J. Tucker. Um, so so a lot of the same, same guys there. So I don't think they really needed to – to make this trade. Um, like you said, it would have helped if they also got a big man um, with him. Yeah. It would have been a little bit better. Um, but they already have so many so many guys on, on the perimeter uh, and no big guys. Um, you know, Capella's the only big guy, but they had Eric Gordon, Austin Rivers, uh, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. Like, these guys just live live on the outside. So the team, I feel that what? they needed in, interior help and interior depth, and that would have helped them a little bit more than this trade. Well, that, that's kind of how they're built, though, right, is just kind of living or dying by the three-point shot. That's the Mike D'Antoni offense. Um, yeah. and, I, and that's why I think getting rid of Capella actually was the right move. I think he was too viable an asset that on your team that you really weren't using to his full potential. You know, like I said, they don't, they don't really need a star center, which Capella can be a top-10 center. Like, don't get it wrong. He, he may not have the stats this year, but he can be that top-10 center. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. He's really, really good. But they don't need that. You know, they have James Harden. They have Russell Westbrook. They have Eric Gordon. Now they have Robert Covington. You know, what they need is just, like I said, like a JaVel McGee type guy that can kind of just be there, roam around in the paint, catch lobs when he needs to. But he, he does need to be able to lock up, you know, on the bigger centers, especially in the playoffs in the NBA. Um, now they may get lucky. You know, if Tristan Thompson does get bought out, that would be – like the Rockets need to pursue him at all costs if if that happens because that could that that could be the missing piece. That would be that, that would be huge. Yeah, if they get him, that it finally makes me say, okay, maybe the Rockets, you know, might might be you know a team you don't want to play in the in the playoffs. But um, as of right now, I don't like the way they're structured going into the playoffs. Um, they're only like the fifth seed right now. They've been kind of losing a lot lately. Um. They just lost to the Suns by, like, a lot the other night. Um, and it really wasn't because of DeAndre Ayton. It was because of Kelly Oubre. So I don't really know, you know, can't really say too much yet on this whole small ball thing for them because it's such a small sample size. So we'll see what happens as, you know, the weeks go on. But um, me personally, I think the Rockets kind of messed this one up. But Daryl Moore just loves making trades, dude. He's addicted <laughs> the, the, to it. The Rockets need a new coach is what they need. 
Like if we're if we're being honest, Antonio's in my opinion, in Antonio's offense is that's not you can't win with that in the NBA championships. Anyways, uh, it's pretty and it's fun. It's you can win games in the regular season, but it's not going to win you playoff series and, and obviously a championship. I mean, yeah, but like you said, they've been really close twice already. It's like they've been a game away two years in a row. Yeah, they. I mean, yeah, they have been a game away, but it's just so the offense is like. It, Obviously, you've obviously seen them play before, but you know it's a lot of fast breaks and things like that. But it's a lot of the balls just sticks, and it's James Harden pounding the rock 13, 14 times, step back three. Like you're you're not like for just to me, just from playing basketball and coaching basketball, and watching it, it's just it's just bad. It's just bad basketball to watch. It's pretty when it goes in. It's pretty when he makes a tough shot with a hand in his face or gets knocked down and hits the three. Or but it's just for for me, it's just I don't think it's. It's gonna because a lot of those games, if you remember, one of them, I think one of the games that got eliminated, Harden shot. He only had like what? I don't even think he scored ten points. He was like a no show. I know he was getting hammered over it, um, and a lot of that had to do with the way the the offenses run. Yeah, I mean, I think Harden is a bigger part of the problem than really Mike D'Antoni is, because uh, he does a lot of that ISO. Just his game you know, in general. Yeah. Yeah, just the way he plays, and like Kobe said, you know, he doesn't play a way that wins championships, um, which I mean. So far has been true. I mean, we never even get to see him in a championship game. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I feel like the Rockets, James Harden is going to be one of those guys that is like one of the best players of all time, but never gets a ring. That's how I always. Yeah, him, I, I can be. I, I see him as that too. Yep. Especially Very with true. the teams he plays against in in the finals. Like, I mean, there's no way they're beating the Clippers. I don't even know if they could beat the the Jazz right now. Like, I don't know. I don't. Well, I don't like this Rockets team. And he doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to, like, demand a trade out of Houston either. Like, he doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to want to go team up oh, with a bunch of guys. way too much money there. Yep. But um, it is what it is. I'm not a Rockets fan, so, I mean, I don't <laughs> like Harden either. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I could care less. But um, anyway, next episode we'll probably get more into – we'll do, like, a who should have made more trades. Um, maybe talk about some of the smaller ones that happened – um but uh anyway thanks for listening guys and we'll see you guys on the next episode